This installment of the AX Insider podcast features a conversation with Sam Whitehorn, principal and co-founder of Elevate Government Affairs, which helps clients work through the inner workings of Washington policymaking. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the AX Insider podcast. My name is Andy Telejohn. I'm the senior writer at Airport Experience News. Today, we're talking with Sam Whitehorn, principal and co-founder of Elevate Government Affairs, which helps clients work through the inner workings of Washington policymaking in several sectors, including transportation, infrastructure, and technology. Sam, thanks for joining us today. Uh, Sam spent more than 30 years addressing legal and policy issues, particularly in those areas of infrastructure, transportation, and technology, as uh, in, in several key positions on the U.S. Senate Commerce, Science, and Transportation Committee. And he served on, the, on that committee as, uh, as the PFC was created uh, a number of years ago, uh, as a matter of fact. So I uh, appreciate you coming here to share some thoughts today. Um, Sam, I hear we have an election taking place uh, coming up here soon, and it seems like an important one. So this, uh, the timing of this is great. Well, Annie, thanks for having me on. And I suspect uh, we've all seen enough ads by now for the election, but uh, it is coming in only a couple of days, uh, 10, 12 days, and hopefully it will be done and we can move on and figure out what the policy discussion is going to look like going forward for airports. On the comment about creation of uh, the PFCs, that kind of dates me. So it's been a long time. Let's put it that way in my work in the aviation field. I will. Uh, uh, that'll be the last I'll mention of it. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, thanks again for taking some time. Uh, we are hearing a lot about transportation infrastructure right now. Uh, we also heard a lot about transportation infrastructure about this time four years ago. Uh, is this just something that comes up around election time? Uh, do you think those uh, discussions were realized over the last four years? Uh, will they be now? What are your thoughts on these talks these days? So I'll first talk about what happened from 2016 to now and then go into what I think is going to go forward. There, there was a lot of interest in infrastructure. Um, you know, President Trump said he wanted to do an infrastructure bill. The Democrats said they wanted to do an infrastructure bill. I know there was real keen interest, uh, at least on the Democratic side, to do a big significant bill as it was in the administration. They never got there for a, a host of reasons, including it didn't become a priority right out of the gate for the administration. The Republicans did not want to step in front of the president, which is normal uh, in terms of process. Um, and they were waiting for the administration to come forward with its plans. Um, and then the Democrats had some plans also, but broad stroke details. And they, they too were waiting. That None of that happened, which I think for the transportation junkies that we all are, that was very disappointing because we know there are lots and lots of needs. Those needs have not gone down over the last four years. In fact, they've gone gotten more in terms of needs. Um, moving forward, do I think they're going to do an infrastructure bill? Yes. I think that that is going to be one of the, one of the First things out of the gate for the Democratic for if Biden wins for for a Democratic administration and uh, and Congress to work through, and there are challenges to that on on the 
highway side, there's always questions about how do you fund it? Do you change the tax structures? Do you raise more revenues? Um, on the aviation front, the issue right now, obviously, because of COVID is what is needed? When is it needed? There are a lot of airports out there that are in the midst of planning and progressing on construction projects that need an increase in the PFCs because their, PF, their existing PFCs are already committed. And in order to meet future needs, they need that cap to be raised or changed. So that's going to be a fundamental part of the discussion that is going to happen. I know there are supporters and detractors on both sides of that issue. Um, you know, and, 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 in, and most of the folks on both sides are friends of mine, I should say, and we talk about this regularly. You know, the PFC is, is one way to finance airport construction. It's a very effective way to, to, to finance airport construction and an efficient way to do so. Um, <clears throat> others don't agree with that, but that debate is coming. And either way, I think there'll be uh, an infrastructure bill that'll be important to the community. Okay, okay. So you, uh, you, you started to touch on the likelihood that if uh, uh, Vice President Biden is elected, that that'll be one of the first things out of the gate. It has been, uh, at least uh, by uh, word of mouth, a high priority for President Trump. Uh, do you have a sense for what, uh, what a, particularly from the aviation slash airport perspective, what a plan might look like under a Trump administration versus a plan proposed by a potential Biden administration? Um, I think that the, the primary distinction might be Trump might look at private sector investment more positively than Biden would. If you think about what's going on in, in New York with LaGuardia and the investments there from, you know, a, a public-private program um, versus where the Democrats might be, which tend to be more in the grant loan, raise money, spend money um, uh, structure. But I, you know, I also, we also need to be very cognizant that a infrastructure package, an airport, highway, whatever, whatever the infrastructure is, it includes broadband and lots of other things uh, when we think about infrastructure, is also something that stimulates jobs. And if you look at the economy and where the economy is, that's one of the reasons why there's a critical need for an infrastructure program. Um, it does a lot to get people back working and get the economy moving. Um, and, you know, there's new, there's new aircraft coming. There's new technologies coming. There's lots of equipment and, tech and safety technologies that are out there that are getting folded in to this, this new infrastructure that we're talking about. You mentioned the uh, the economy and where it's at right now, and uh, you know, COVID has certainly wreaked havoc on the uh, on the airport industry, and it sounds like that's going to be the case at uh, some level for at least the next couple of years. Uh, with respect to that, and the PFC, uh, the you know, when when travel counts are down, PFC revenues are down along with it. So uh, raising the PFC is certainly an, an an issue that airports feel very strongly about, but uh, even if that does happen, uh, uh, is there is there enough uh, PFC revenue from an increase there to uh, meet the needs of uh, that airports do have, or are there other sources uh, that the airport's going to have to draw on? 
sorry about the long question. I get windy no, sometimes, but and it's a really good question. And and you know, I I'm not the financial expert by any means, but when you look at the way airport construction is financed, bonds, rates and charges, PFCs, uh, grants, you know, there's a mix of things that go into what you're going to build. So if you're an airport right now and you know that it's a three to five to six year lag from start of project to actually opening, you know, cutting the ribbon, what are you going to need? Well, a PFC increase when you don't have anybody going through the turnstiles doesn't do you any good. What's Wall Street going to do in terms of bonding when they don't know what the numbers are going to be? So I think there's a lot of unsettled financial questions that are in there. But look, I mean, uh, TSA just screened, I believe, more than a million passengers for the first time since COVID began. The numbers are picking up. Um, and hopefully, you know, we will have a vaccine soon enough that people will feel comfortable to get on a plane and all the concessionaires and the airports will start to reopen and, you know, there'll be a little bit more uh, of a robust economy around the airports. I mean, that is all of our hope. Absolutely. No question. Um, absolutely. Uh, uh, can't uh, disagree with a word of that. Um, you mentioned private investment uh, on the, uh, you know, that, that that would be the way to go or the way that Trump would be, uh, President Trump would likely be to go. What are your thoughts on that? The privatization issue, P3s have been more popular in recent years and privatization has been talked about for a long time. Do you see that uh, uh, picking up uh, e either way? I mean, is a Biden presidency going to rule that out entirely or do you have any kind of a sense for the future of privatization under under a, a Biden presidency. So, and I and I distinguish privatization, and I have ever since I have worked on this issue, which, as you say, I've been doing this for a while. Um, uh, and there have been different pieces of legislation that we've worked on that allowed and enabled pri privatization at a certain number of small a certain a small number of airports if there was consensus among the airlines. I think Stewart Air Force Base, Stewart up in New York was one of the ones that took advantage of it. They then flipped back to a public institution. Um, you know, the privatization of building something, which was the PPP in LaGuardia, versus who ultimately makes decisions is a separate question. Um, these airports are generally sort of important institutions in each one of the communities. And if you look at like how some of these boards are put, put together, I know the ones that, that, that I'm most familiar with, you know, you have mayors of a whole bunch of cities. So you have a political will to get something done. Um, and that political will is also really important when an airport needs to expand and you've got, you know, all of the political might growing the same way versus a private company saying, hey, we want to build another runway. And everybody says no, because for whatever reason. So, I mean, there are, there are lots of different parts to, to what, what, it, what privatization means. Um, but I do think that, you know, the Biden administration, you know, if democratic history is, is any, uh, you know, way to look at things, are going to lean more towards the public side. But we need money to build out the airports. And the, if the private sector has money to build and help build 
you know, airports, you know, I, I don't know how they're going to look at that. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. That uh, will be an interesting piece to follow up on down the line. Uh, the uh, presidential election is certainly the highest uh, pr uh, profile election going on in a couple uh, days here, but uh, there are a lot of Senate seats up for uh, election as well. And um, there is talk of a potentially flipped Senate. Uh, what kind of uh, impact would the Senate election have uh, if the Senate stays the same versus if the Senate does flip to Democratic control? How do you see that uh, impacting the uh, infrastructure bill or bills that could come down the road here? Um, well, so let's, the Senate is a, uh, and I've worked in the Senate for seven, <clears throat> almost 17 years, is a very unique creature. Um, the House run, is run by majority. It is, I, the way I describe it, is a dictatorship. Whoever the majority is, Republican, Democratic, it doesn't matter. They're in charge. They do what they want. This, the House has traditionally sent the bill, thousands of bills to the Senate where they all die. Um, and, and again, it doesn't matter whether the Republicans are in charge or Democrats are in charge. And, and even when one party controls both houses, the House and Senate do not like each other necessarily. And you can go back to like 1804 and read some of the stuff with Aaron Burr and some of the others. They do not like each other. Um, but the Senate rules really dictate that the minority has to say in what happens. They don't have <clears throat> absolute say, but they have a say. If we're looking at, um, you know, an increase in the passenger facility charges, okay, let's say all the Democrats, and let's say pick a number, there are 53 of them, and 51 of them say yes, you still need 60 votes. So you have to figure out <clears throat> How do you negotiate things? What's doable um, in the Senate, which is really the beauty of it, or you don't get anything done. And what I would hope is <clears throat> in the new Senate that they, they look at what's needed for airports, how do we get there, and what are the tools and financial means to get there, and let's have that robust conversation um, for all of the technologies and all of the uh, financial instruments that are around. Okay. Uh, and so does that, does that, I mean, so if you have to get to 60 votes, uh, <clears throat> does that mean that the Senate, I'm going to take a moment to figure out what my question is here and then I'm going to. Let me, let me add something while you do that. Sure. You know, the airlines and airports um, agree on, a thousand nine hundred and ninety issues. They don't agree on passenger facility charges. The airlines believe there are different ways to finance airports. The airports believe they should have control of what the, over the decision making process is. They have never really sat down to negotiate what is doable because for all of these years since the last time we raised PFC numbers in, I think we did that in two thousand one. We went from three bucks to four fifty. Um, the leverage point has been with the airlines to say, no, that's enough. Does the election change that balance so that they begin to negotiate something? Um, maybe, maybe not. Um, but that's what we're going to find out after November 3rd or 4th or whenever they finally call the election.
Sure, sure. Uh, any, are there any individual Senate races that you're keeping a particular eye on for these uh, uh, infrastructure and airport related issues? I know Susan Collins was a big uh, a big reason why the, for example, that the CARES Act passed. Uh, um, any any individual uh, races you'd say would have an impact on how these issues play out over the next few months? Um, so I think uh, Senator Collins is actually a, a good example. She's actually the uh, chairwoman of the Transportation Appropriations Committee and has been a supporter of the airport airports for a long time. She's in a very tough race, but there are seven or 10 races out there that are... Um, uh, are hard for, for the Republicans because of what the polls say, where the economy is, what COVID is, and I don't know what other reasons, but there are a lot more. Um, and we're going to see how that plays out. The, I don't think, <clears throat> you know, the, the, the PFC has not, is not a campaign issue. Uh, it is, um, there is, there is support for the airline and airport industry, and it is bipartisan. Um, you know, there are some, some distinctions, but, you know, generally you'll find, for instance, um, most of the members support payroll support programs for the airlines as part of the CARES Act. Um, most of the members would support and have supported money for uh, airports, the $10 billion they got. Most of them support money in a new package for the airports and for concessionaires. So um, I, I think the races themselves are not as important as to who ultimately controls what the discussion starts with. And, and that's what the majority in the Senate is about. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, you mentioned earlier that it's not, uh, you know, when, when infrastructure is on the table here, it's not just airports, it's highways, it's uh, several other methods of uh, transportation, et cetera. Yep. Uh, where do airports fall in the hierarchy of that, if you will? Uh, how, how, how important are airports or how will airports fall in the priority of either a Biden, Trump uh, or Trump uh, uh, presidency uh, in the overall picture of the uh, infrastructure hierarchy? So it's interesting because, you know, airports are... Um, First of all, all the members fly. Mm -hmm. So they, they go in and out of these airports all the time. They are, you know, if, if you go visit San Diego, San Francisco, it doesn't matter. That's the first thing you see when you land is that airport. They are the gateway to the communities. Um, and without them, without a decent airport, you don't have traffic going into those, those places. When I was on the the Commerce Committee, and we worked a lot with the South Carolina airports, even the small general aviation airports, if they didn't have a runway that was long enough, they couldn't attract business to that community because they needed, they needed the ability to land aircraft for supplies, for the, the, the CEOs, for whatever it was. But that's part of the ecosystem, which makes the airports a, a vital part of the community, and the airports know it. I, I will also say the airport community and um, the folks that represent them are a very effective group um, in terms of making that point known to the members. So it is a high priority. What we don't have is crumbling bridges, 
you know, tunnels that aren't wide enough for trains. The airports, fortunately, in, have, have done a very good job of staying on top of things, but they want to continue to stay on top of things, which is why the expansion is needed. Okay. Okay. So, so the need is there, uh, but uh, airports may have uh, uh, almost done too much to keep themselves functional over the years, as opposed to some of these other modes than uh, at least in a desperation perspective. So, I mean, think about, think about an airport construction project. Um, you know, and I've climbed to airports around the world, you know, okay, you're building a new terminal, you're building a new roadway, you're running traffic in different ways. The airport never stops. Mm-hmm. You might, you might use a couple of choice words a couple of times when you're trying to get into the airport and the traffic is jammed because the roadway or whatever it is, but it never stops. They owe the engineers and the, the people that run the airports figure out a way to make it work. And that, and that is what their job and goal always is, but they also need to plan for the future. And that's what we're talking about is where are they in the hierarchy with everybody? What is needed? And they will make those needs known community by community. And that's, that's what's important to say that airports need, you know, $10 billion in the next five years or 10 years to build out. That's one thing, but to go to your member and say, you know what, we're building a new terminal. Here's why this is what what we need. This is what it will do for our community. If I build, you know, another terminal, I might attract international flights. Those international flights are really important to the economy. So all of these things get tied together and the members know it. And, and, and that's what the community, the airport community has done a really good job of, of telling the members what it means to have more traffic, to have better terminals, to have, you know, lead certified terminals. You know, they, they're, they're, most of the airports, you know, are trying to position themselves to be really good actors in, in the, in the uh, ecological sense and, and in other ways. Okay, we're talking with Sam Whitehorn, principal and co-founder of Elevate Government Affairs. Uh, they help their clients work through the inner workings of Washington policymaking, uh, and they've got uh, uh, expertise in several sectors, including transportation, infrastructure, and technology. Uh, if you were gonna, if you were gonna uh, talk to an airport director or a group of uh, airports or operators in airports about uh, uh, about um, you know how to go about getting the strongest and best uh, bill passed for their needs, is that uh, getting in touch with the uh, congressional membership? Is that at the top of the list? What what would you advise them to do to uh, get their word out? So there are a couple of different ways. Number one that local contact with your members, the local congressional offices is really important. Um, Getting the staff to understand those needs, getting the members to see the airports. Uh, If it's not one that they fly through, it doesn't matter just as long as they understand, begin to understand the system. And there are also some terrific trade associations that, um, that work on Capitol Hill that, that present to the members the, the needs in a, collaborative way um, and help organize uh, a lot of the um, key messages and, and, and data and information that, that's used out there. But talk to folks. It's, more, it's really important that people understand what's going on in the community and what the needs are. So we'll get the election coming up here again in a, in a few days. It sounds like uh, we don't have a lot of specific details on what this might look like yet, but I'm getting the sense that uh, 
that uh, your perspective is that whether it's a, a Democratic Biden presidency or the Trump uh, presidency continues, that uh, airports and infrastructure will be a priority uh, coming into this next term, and uh, and that airports will uh, will likely see some uh, some funding uh, for infrastructure projects uh, uh, relatively early on in the next term. I, I think that that's absolutely correct. And you know, if you look at a divided House with a Republican president, we've had the, the House Democrats have pushed for airport funding, and I know there's receptivity on the Republican side um, in the Senate as well. So we're looking forward to next year either way. Um, you know, I know what the odds are right now, but I'm also not betting in Vegas on anything right now. So <laughs> we'll, we'll, find, we'll all find out together. I suppose that's fair enough. Anything you'd like to add that we haven't hit on? Uh, I, no, I really appreciate it. The, the, the other thing that, that's really important, though, um, for the airport community is what happens with TSA, with the screening process, with those international airports, bring back international travelers, what the testing protocols are when we talk about um, COVID testing. Um, all of those regimes are difficult um, that need to be thought through. And I know people are doing that, which I greatly appreciate, um, including a number of uh, folks that I know, and it's it's much needed. I know the, the Biden folks are also thinking about it. I'm sure the Trump people have too. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, and, uh, and in a couple of weeks, we'll have uh, likely have some uh, more specific thoughts. And I look forward to talking with you again when, uh, when we've got a better picture of what the next few years are going to look like. I, I, I will look forward to that very much. I think we all will after the election. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for the time. We appreciate your joining us today. Sam Whitehorn right. from Elevate Government Affairs. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate it. Thank you.